talk to you this morning on dying to self, dying to self. And I, I, I tell you, I, I went, I was going to preach on prayer this morning and uh, uh, it's been kind of tough. I, I, as I said, I went through some sickness. I, I saw Tom Dooley, thank God for my sickness so he could come and preach. Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, but uh, he did a phenomenal job. Greg did a phenomenal job. And I was going to piggyback off of Greg and I was going to come and preach on prayer because we're leading into a time of prayer this coming Friday night. But man, I, I tell you, I, when I was flat on my back, it was so hard uh, to just, uh, I felt disconnected this week and it, from, from the Lord. And I, I was telling dad and other people that I was just really getting, fighting to get back into the word and get, get back uh, strength and get back into uh, to hearing from God. And so I just poured myself into studying and studying. And I thought that prayer, some of you were praying for me. Some of you were texting me and calling me uh, and, 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 and encouraging me and, and that sort of thing. And I just knew prayer was what I was going to discuss with Raymond about uh, uh, some things uh, that I thought that the Lord was leading me on, had several uh, things that were together. But man, the Lord just uh, last night and today just brought me back. And I'll be honest with you, some of the things that I'm going to, to use here were some things that I'm gleaning from someone, uh, but it was so powerful and it just continued to speak to my heart about this is what God wants to say today. And so I don't take uh, credit for, for all of this at all, but, but, but I believe it's from the heart of God and from the throne of God of what God wants to talk to us about. And that's simply dying to self. While I was on vacation, we didn't get out much at all, hardly at all, but I did go out a couple of times. And, and one of the things I I noticed and also I turned on the TV a couple times more than I did. It was very hard to, to, to focus. I didn't even really want to do anything but just kind of lay there. But once or twice I turned on the TV and we don't do a lot of TV at home. If we do, we do a lot of YouTube or watching sermons or different sort of things. And, 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 and I just want to say this. If you're watching a lot of TV at, at home, you're in trouble. Because I never realized how low in the gutter we are. It is absolutely appalling the things that are on the television today. Absolutely sickening. Absolutely appalling. Then we went into a town that's known for tourism and we passed through that town and you're riding in that town and going through some things and I just absolutely just just watching the people today, watching the things that we're selling, selling and advertising, watching the things in this town that we're pushing and peddling on people in the flesh, and it just made me nauseated and sick. It did not even want to be there. It is absolutely nothing appeals to me anymore in that area and in that genre anymore. It absolutely, I feel more like an alien, more like a stranger in this world every day and I hope you do too. And if you don't and you love that kind of stuff, I would be saying you need to really check your heart and check your spirit. You really need to ask yourself, do I have the Spirit of God? Because I'm telling you, the world has gotten darker and darker and darker. And, and the Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. And if we're embracing the spirit of this age and the things that the world, and I'm afraid we are young people, I'm afraid we've bought into a lot of this stuff and we're feeding our soul on a lot of mess today. And if we're comfortable doing that and we can sit in the house of God and we can sit under preaching and we can get in the Word of God and not be troubled and bothered, something's wrong. Amen? Amen. Something's wrong. And so I kept going over things like, God, we've got to, I've got to talk about the world. I've got to talk about the world system. I've got to talk about the things that are coming upon us because just they're, they're out here and they're in here. And it bothers me. I'm troubled by it. It's really, it, it, just, it just really grieves my spirit and, 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 and especially the nonchalant and like we don't even care. And it really, really bothers me, including myself and why I don't care more than I do, should care about the things that are trying to encroach themselves on us. In our, in our, and, and, and here's one of the things that bothers me too. When you go on vacation, one of the things my wife did was she, and she sent it this week when I was not feeling so well when I came home. And in fact, I was troubled about this. She texted a few friends of mine and began to ask them to pray because I was struggling about a message and what to preach. And, and, and she sent me a picture of a stream that we happened to go one day. One day, I don't know how I even 
we even went out. But one day we went by a stream of water. Like he'll lead you beside streams of water, still water, to restore your soul. And, and, and Marcy sent me one day. I was in, back in there working as I came back and she sends me this text and it pops up. And, and it, it's, that, it's this one video we took. I don't think we took any pictures on the whole trip. But it was this one video that we took of this water and, and this stream of water just trickling down and, and, and I just played that and just listened to the sound of that see that's what we did when we were young because see now what we do if you have one of these devices is what we've done in this society today is sadly this has a button on it and when you push this button on this thing that I can't operate too well but when you push this button rather than the picture being out on a water fall or on water it's of me and see rather now than going and taking a picture and admiring the beautiful water that is coming down that's all Marcy and I did was sat and looked at God's beauty we sat there on this roadside down in this stream of water where all these beautiful rocks were and all this nature was and if I did anything on that trip besides laying a bed that one thing was to admire the beauty of God's creation it was absolutely phenomenal that's the one picture we have but most people today as I saw them out and as you see them out rather than taking a picture of waterfalls anymore we want to take a picture of moi with a small waterfall in the background I'm the picture I'm the focus I'm the center of everything I have my own page it's about me I go on vacation and the pictures are of me. And that mentality has spilled its way into everything we do now. And what I want to do today is teach you that there is a button on this phone. And when you push the button, it no longer looks at you, but you begin to look at other people and you begin to become concerned about somebody or something other than you. You begin to talk about something other than your feelings. And nobody loves me. And nobody spoke to me today when I came to church. And it's all about me. And you don't want to talk to me about my problems? Fine, I'll find me a new church. And I'll find me a new people where they talk about me. And they listen to me. And they're concerned with me. And the music's for me. I come in here and I hope they play a song for me. I hope the music's what I like. I hope the preaching today, the preacher is talking to me. And how few come in that back door and say, I'm going to bless whoever I sit by today. I'm going to be a blessing to someone else. I'm going to bless the preacher today by, 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 by being attentive. I'm not going to get up and down. I'm going, to, I'm going to worship with the worship team. And if they're not smiling, there's going to be a smile so big on my face that I'm going to cause them to smile. And if they're not singing too loud, I'm going to sing louder so that they will begin to be encouraged and begin to sing louder. No, but it's about, it's not about them. It's about me. It's about selfie mode. And that's what I want to talk to you today about dying to self. And if you got your Bibles, I want you to look with me at 2 Timothy 3 1. Because sadly, it's normal for you today to think about you first. Man, you should buy this car because it's you. It's for you. You should call this divorce lawyer because it's all about you. You should buy that donut because you deserve it. 
And, and, and the whole world is set up now with take a picture of ourselves. Think about you. Think about uh, only you. And look at what the Bible says in the last days that it's going to be in the world. Second Timothy 3, 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, he says. For people will be lovers of self or selfies. Right? Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power thereof. And here's what it says. This would empty a lot of churches. Avoid such people. You may be seated. Paul writes in the last days and says it's going to get really, really bad. And the problem is he's talking to church people. The problem is he's not talking to the world. He doesn't have a room full of the world. He doesn't have a stadium full of the world's people. He is saying this is what it's going to be like in the last days inside this building. In the church, they're going to be lovers of self. Lovers of selfies. Rather than lovers of each other and lovers of God. There used to be a word called narcissism when I was growing up. Marcy always laughs. I always say, when I was a little boy, and we always had this funny thing. When I was a little boy, I always seemed to use that word a lot when I was a little boy. Well, when I was a little boy... There was a word that we use called narcissism. And it was this crazy idea that if you took pictures of all of yourself or you looked in the mirror all the time and was consumed with yourself, then you were a narcissist. And now it's normal to have a page all about yourself. It's called Facebook. Now it's normal to talk about you all the time. Now it's normal to post things about yourself all the time. Who, you know, who else am I going to take a picture of? But the Bible warns about this creeping into the church in the last days. And I bet you 90% of us, and I'm including myself in that percentage of us, came into this church thinking about ourselves today. Not thinking about other, boy, I'm tired. Boy, I wish I wasn't here today. Boy, I hope he preaches a, ser a sermon that's quick. Boy, I hope they sing a song that I like. Boy, I hope they don't sing that song. I can't stand that song. You know, boy, and I, and, and I bet 90% of us came into this place. Where am I going to sit? I hope somebody doesn't get in my seat. And uh, I hope he preaches to me. I hope they sing what I like. And folks, the most miserable people I know that on the face of the earth are the people that can't get out of selfie mode. You're just looking at yourself all the time. You're just thinking about your problems all the time. Hey, pastor, look at my issues. Hey, you come over here and let's talk about me. Hey, come over here and help me. You need to be thinking about me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. And you can't get out of selfie mode. And we come in week after week after week and it's never enough in here. It's never enough in the Sunday school class. Never enough. The preacher never preaches the good enough. The, 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 the singing is never enough for you. The, 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 the chairs are never situated in the right manner for you. And it's never enough. And we're always coming in in selfie mode, wanting people to recognize us, wanting people to think about us. And the greatest thing I can do for us today is to turn us around and turn us off selfie mode today. Amen? To push the little button and to, and, to, and to change it around. And the secret, because this is the secret, Dustin, of a, of, of a, of a secret of joy in Christ. The, way, the reason some of us are so doggone miserable is because we have it on selfie mode. And the secret to the joy in Christ is to get it off of yourself and to get the focus upon Him. It seems counterintuitive, but the best thing you can do for yourself is to stare at something more beautiful than yourself. And that's why David said this in Psalms 12, 27. Let me dwell in your house and let me stare at your beauty. 
Let me dwell in your house and let me stare at your beauty, God. Not at myself. I don't need to look at myself again in the mirror. I don't need to take another picture at me. Let me reverse it and let me begin to look at you. Let me stare. Let me gaze at your beauty. The reason some of us are so unsatisfied, young people, the reason some of us are so miserable, the reason some of us want to commit suicide is we're so focused on looking at ourselves and seeing our imperfections. We need to turn it around and see the beauty and the glory and the majesty of a God who loves you. Amen. The secret of joy is to stare at God. That's why he wrote, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you want earth to be like it is in heaven? Well, listen to what heaven is described like in Revelation 5, 11. He says this, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads upon myriads and thousands upon thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and in the sea and all them saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four and living creatures fell down saying Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Or they taking selfies of themselves? Absolutely not. Everybody's staring at Him. Everybody's staring at Him. They're not staring at angels. There's myriads of angels. There's myriads of people. They're not staring at mama who died years ago. They're staring at the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. His beauty. They're looking upon the beauty of God. They're captivated. Y'all look bored. But if you ever see God, you won't be bored. If you ever take it off selfie mode, you won't be looking at your watch in church. If you ever take it off selfie mode and start to read this book and see the glory of God, you won't be yawning anymore. You won't sit there with your arms folded when the worship is going on. You won't say, I hope there's another lockdown so we don't have to go to church and I can watch it on TV. you'll finally recognize there's someone more beautiful than you. And you'll gaze upon Him. And you'll look at God. You'll take your eyes off of yourself and you'll look at God and you'll look at other people. You'll look at Him. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12 says. It says, We have all been given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we've all been supernaturally gifted, the Bible says, where the Holy Spirit will work through you to be a blessing to other people. To each one. That's you. Say, that's me. To each one is given a manifestation, a supernatural manifestation of the Spirit to be a blessing to somebody else in here or out there. To come into here and start thinking, God, you have given me something. That's when I come to this pulpit. God, you have given me the ability to go into your word and to come out and to speak your word. And when I get up there to speak, not always, but I do know this. I know Brad Lindsay well enough to know that somehow when I get up here, there is a gift on me that comes upon me and an anointing that comes on me at times. And it is not my words. It is not me. It is supernatural. And it is God. And I say, God, Help me today to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Help them to see, then help me to see that we battle selfishness in this society. And God helps something in my words to come across today to cause us to switch it off a selfie mode and to switch it on to you today, God. Do we come here to say, God, I love these people. I actually want to bless them. My gifts that you're giving to me are for the common good. 
They're for the common good. It's not made for me to put on selfie mode and to admire my gift. It's made for me to turn it around and begin to see the people out here and say, God, my gift today, who do you want to bless it? It's for the common good. It's for the common good. Wait, I can see Caleb. Wait, I can see Dustin. Wait, I can see Daniel. I can see the other people and I want to be a blessing. God, use my life. Holy Spirit, use my life as a blessing for the church, as a blessing for the people in my work, as a blessing every day when I go into the supermarket or the grocery store or when I talk to somebody else. God, when I come to prayer meeting, God, let my life be used as a blessing. Give me a message. Give me something that will get into the hearts of your people. Amen. Open their eyes so that they think of something other than themselves. Look at what Philippians 2.1 says. So if there, Paul writes this, and he says, so if there be any encouragement in Christ, if there be any comfort from love, if there be any participation in the Spirit, it means if God has, speak, has spoken something to you, Raymond, out of the Scriptures, if you've gotten something from God, if, 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 if you have participated in the work of the Holy Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, complete my joy by being the same mind and having the same love and being in full accord in one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Have you received anything from Christ? You received anything from the Holy Spirit? Make my joy complete, he says. When you gather together, consider others more important than yourselves. You want your joy to be complete? Think about somebody else. Come to church thinking about somebody else. Think about the other people. Don't be based on your selfish ambition and what I can do and what other people can do for me. Don't come in here in selfie mode thinking about yourself, but come in and consider each other more important than yourself. Boy, that's a big difference than the commercials you see on TV where it's all about you. And the advice you get, honey, you don't have to take that mess. You tell. <laughs> so how many are going to come in thinking, I'm going to be a blessing today to other people? And how many come in thinking of ourselves? And see, it's really counterintuitive to, because the modern counseling today and what our young people, it's appalling, folks. You better get involved with what your kids are learning. And you better get involved, I mean, at every level. I mean, I have to come, Cole, thank God, we talk. And it's trash. Trash, lies, filth coming out of our colleges. Uh, just unbelievable brainwashing in our schools, our public education system, our, 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 our upper level systems, our work. Absolutely appalling. And if you're not involved in your kid's life and not helping them to balance, but if you're just letting that just go into them, then, then good luck because I'm telling you what, we, we better be fighting for them. We better be putting the Word of God. You better be making sure they know the difference between the holy and the profane and about the truth and the lie and know when it's, when it's right to leave, leave them in something and when it's time to take them out of something. Amen? And modern counseling today seems to get your focus on you. Let's talk about you. Let's look deeper at you. Let, let, let's go back into your childhood. We, let's talk about when you were in your mother's womb and what happened. Let's talk about you. Let's look deeper at you. And it's this never-ending cycle of thinking about us. And now it's worked itself into the church where people actually twist the scriptures now that are about other people and begin to turn the focus on us. Scriptures like this, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And you know what, people? What is that talking about? It's talking about what Jesus is saying. Hey, love other people. But you know what we come in the church today and do? Well, it says love them as yourself. And I don't love myself too much. So I'm just going to work on that part first. And I'm going to love me because until I really love me, I can't really love other people. And folks, that is not the point of the verse. You already love yourself. You are always thinking of yourself. You're always feeding yourself. You're always clothing yourself. You're always wanting people to think about you. The point of the verse is quit thinking about you and start thinking about God and other people. Jesus is saying get over yourself and love others. And Paul is saying consider others more important than yourself. And then he says, Jesus Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our role model, our one that we are to follow, the one we take on his name came to rescue me from myself because Brad was leading me into misery. Brad was always telling me to look in the mirror. Brad was always wanting to take selfies of himself. And God had a solution for Brad. God said, hey, how about we kill Brad because Brad's always doing what Brad wants to do Brad's always thinking about what Brad wants to think Brad's always taking and moving into what Brad wants to do so here I want Brad to agree with me God I want to kill you see that's Christianity that's discipleship now, I know that doesn't go well in your mega churches. I know that doesn't well go well in American Christianity. But if you read this book, you will find that it's all about dying to self and living for others. Amen? Amen. Listen to what it's going. Galatians 2.20, Paul writes this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a picture of baptism. That's a picture of I want Brad crucified. I want to kill Brad. I want to kill Brad Lindsay because he hurts people. He says things to other people. He doesn't forgive people. He does all kinds of sick things. He does all kinds of perverted things. He looks at images he shouldn't look at. He does things he doesn't do. He likes things that he shouldn't like. And so here's how we're going to deal with Brad. If you'll agree with me, God says, I'll take care of Brad and we will kill Brad. We'll put him down in the waters of baptism and we'll resurrect something up in new life and I'll fill it with my spirit and now he'll no longer live as Brad, but the spirit of the living God will control his life and begin to move him into new and living ways. Amen? You're never going to be happy as long as you're staring at yourself. The Spirit came to rescue you. The Spirit came to save you from you, from your selfishness. That's why Jesus died, to deliver you from you, to save you from you, to rescue you from you, to put you to death and to bring His life to you and to get you thinking about Him and thinking about others. Amen? Turn with me to Hebrews 5.12. I'm almost done. I know you feel miserable, some of you, but if you will embrace this, you will have the greatest joy you have ever had in your life. And it's the only way you're going to have joy. It's not through getting a picture of you on Instagram with little butterflies all around your head. It's really not. And seeing how many likes you get. It's going to be when you get the focus. That's why you're miserable. That's why, you're, that's why you're depressed. That's why the whole world is sad. Madison Avenue is not going to do it. A new desire, if, if it would done it, America would be the happiest place on the face of the earth and we're the most miserable now. If a Maserati would do it, if a Rolls Royce would do it, then Hollywood would be some of the happiest people in the world. But they're the most depressed, they're the most suicidal, they're the most wicked, they're the most perverted, and they're, and they're the most divorced people on the face of the earth. If money would do it, and power would do it, and fame would do it, then they should be leading the way with being the most blessed, happy people on the face of the earth. Hebrews 5, 
For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk and not solid food, for everyone lives on milk, is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. He says some of us ought to be teachers by now, but we've been going to these gatherings year after year after year. I saw a pastor do this. This would have said a gleam from somebody. And I was going to get a bottle. I can't find a bottle. Our kids don't have a bottle in that nursery for a baby doll. But we come here week after week after week and we want the pastor to say, come up here, get a drink. I'm going to give you a drink today. I'm going to feed you again today, this Sunday. And we come each week and we, and, we, and we get our feel and we get our drink. And I say, and we try to encourage, I say, you need to go home and you need to read this book. No, I'd rather come back next Sunday and have you. Pastor, I'd rather just come and, and you dig out the Word. And I'd rather you just, you just feed me. You just feed me. And, then, and, 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 and I'd just rather the praise team, y'all just feed me. And then you say, then we say, well, I don't like, you know, I, uh, well, you, you didn't feed me enough. Or I didn't like that song. No, the problem is not with us. And the problem is not with me not getting it from somewhere else. The problem is with you. It's with me. It's not our fault. It's not, it's not the church's fault. And then this pastor said this, is that you suck. You suck the life out of people. You suck the life out of the church. You suck the life out of the pastor. You suck the life out of the praise team. You suck the life out of your marriage. You suck the life out of your children because you're always looking for somebody else to fulfill you. Always looking to others. And Jeremiah too said, don't you understand that I am a spring of living water? Why are you trying to go around and get life from all these other people? Why are you trying to get life out of all of these people? He said, the Lord is my shepherd, David said, and I shall not want. He didn't say I shall not suck. He said, I shall not want. I don't go. He says, I go to God. I go to God myself. I don't wait till Sunday. Yeah, I'll come to Sunday and the preacher feed me. And yeah, the Sunday school teachers feed me. And yes, the worship and we do it corporately. But I don't wait till Sunday. I go to my shepherd. And when I go to my shepherd, my cup runneth over. I don't need anything else because my cup runs over. And see this. We, we suck the life. Some of you, some of us moms, because we don't get what we get from God, we suck the life out of our children. We, we, we're looking for everything for our children to fulfill every need in our life. Sometimes a spouse will do that with the other spouse. When I first got married, sadly, I sucked the life out of Marcy. I had so many hurts in my life, so many wounds in my life. I wanted her to be everything to me. And when she wasn't, I'd be disappointed and just absolutely down and out. And finally, thank God, I found out how to go to my shepherd. I found out how to go to the throne. And I found out that the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not, won't listen. I Just two days ago or a couple of days ago September the 18th the love of my life 27 years of the most wonderful happy beautiful exciting glorious marriage that I that it's just absolutely phenomenal but guess what ultimately I love my wife but I don't need my wife I need the Lord I need the Lord. I love my wife. She doesn't need me now. Guess what? Because we have God. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I get it from God and my cup overflows and now I can love my wife the way that she needs me to love and not just suck the life out of her. Amen? Hallelujah. 
I go to the living water and I'm overflowing. I get along with the Creator. This past week when I was when I felt dry, I went to the Lord. I didn't go to her. I went to the Lord and I began to I begin to go and get along with the shepherd. I begin to get along with the Creator of the universe, the one who says dwells in unapproachable light, yet somehow he's invited me in through a new and living way through the blood of Jesus to come into the most holy place and to make my petitions known before the throne of grace to find help in my time of need. God, I need help. God, I've been struggling. God, I need a word for the people. God, I need strength and energy for myself. God, you're the only one who has the answer. And I go into that place, that secret place, and me and God show up and he fills my cup. Amen. And, and I'm learned to have a relationship with God to where I'm full. I'm full now. I don't come here dry. I don't come to my kids dry. I don't come to my wife dry. I'm overflowing because I've been staring at Him now. I'm learning to turn it off a selfie mode and to begin to stare at God and to begin to get fulfilled in God because no one else is going to fulfill me with God like God. And we've got to stop driving the people around us crazy by expecting too much from them. Amen? Hallelujah. Stop expecting too much from people. That's what the enemy does. That's what he wants to do. That's what he did to Eve. Please stay with me. I feel like you're drifting, but please stay with me just for a few more minutes. This is what Eve did. This is what he did to Eve uh, in the garden. And this is what he's doing to us today. What did he do? Just take it, Eve. Just take it. Just take it and eat it. That's what he began to do. He said, you do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel good. You, you don't have to listen to that restrictive guy giving you all the commandments. You do what you do, you Eve. You do what makes you feel good. And if it feels good, you do it, Eve. You don't need anybody else telling you what to do. You don't need somebody restricting you with those commandments. You don't need leadership over you. You do what makes you feel good, Eve. You do what makes you feel good. Does that not sound sound like a devil that has convinced all of America and the world today. Hey, you do you. Hey, you take selfie mode for you. And that's what Eve did. That's what Eve bought into. That's what we bought into as humanity and humankind. He didn't come, Raymond, and say, hey, worship me. No, he said, you do you. You do you. It's about you. Doesn't this look good? You can have it. Why would he want to keep this from you? Because he knows if you get a piece of this, you'll be like him. And you'll have the knowledge of good and evil for yourself. And you'll be able to make decisions for you, young person. Hey, when I get 18, I'm getting out of here. You're not going to tell me what to do. I can make my own decisions. Right? And, 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 and Satan is not saying look at me and worship me. He's saying look at yourself and get away from God. And, and, and He has no right to tell you what to do. And thousands years later, we got people doing the same thing. Everybody taking pictures of themselves. So we as Christians are to say no to this. We are to be different to this. We are to be absolutely different. Listen to what John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 says, The thief only comes but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Destroy, but I've come that they may have life and life more abundantly. It says the thief came to do what? Steal my life. He came to, he, he hands me a mirror and he, keep, he says, keep looking at yourself. Keep looking at yourself. Keep telling yourself you're the one. Keep telling yourself you're beautiful. Keep looking at you. You got, keep, keep, it's about you, girl. It's about making your life better. It's about you looking out for number one. Ain't nobody going to look out for you but you. Look in the mirror and it begins to take you and put the mirror in your hand and begin to say, you got to look out for you. You got to take care of you. You got to push yourself. You're a woman. You got to look out for women in the world. You're a man. You got to look out for men in the world. You're a black person. You got to look out for the black people in the world. You're a white person, you got to look out for the white people. You're a Hispanic, you got to look out for Hispanics, number one. And he begins to put a mirror in our face and say, hey, hey, you do you, you look after you. Amen? And that's how he destroys you. And we say, man, I, I look at me, i got some pretty profound thoughts. I need to tweak that out. 
Everybody on Facebook needs to hear this because, man, I got some great things to say. And he says, yeah, you do. And we begin to look at us. We begin to think about us. And he gets you. And Jesus says, stop looking at yourself. He says, if you're tired of looking at yourself, America, if you're tired of looking at yourself, if you're heavy laden, he says, come and stare at me. Come and stare at me now. And then, see, and this is what happened in Isaiah 6. Here's what began to happen. When Isaiah began to look at God, when he began to see the glory of God, look at what he began to cry out. He didn't cry out, let me take a selfie. Let me look. God, did you see me? No, when he saw God, he began to say, Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm done. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. He saw God, and he began to say, Woe is me. I'm unclean. And guess what? You would think that would be a terrible thing, but God says, Aha! Finally! He got it. And what he said, Angels, go get a coal off the altar. He finally sees that it's not about him. He finally sees that he can't be satisfied with him. Take the coal of the altar and take it over to his lips. Purge his lips and I'm going to turn him now into something beautiful. I'm going to make him into a beautiful creation and his eyes are going to see and know that I am beautiful. Let me turn you into something beautiful. And that's what God says. Once you come to the place of not looking at yourself, denying yourself, Picking up your cross and following Him. The Bible says you try to save your own life and, and, and show everybody your life. You're going to lose it. But if you lose and deny yourself, you will find life, He says. Now listen, I'm not denying pains. I know, I, I've been through pain. I've been through rejection. I've been through hurt. kept me trapped in that endless cycle of self for so long and self-pity. And bitterness. And when you don't understand, and wham, 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 wham. But it really did hurt. And I get that. But there comes a point, and there came a point in my life when you have to stop looking inward for the solution, and you have to come to the place where you stare at this holy God and you find out He is the solution. He is the only one. He is the one that can touch you. He is the one that can come and feel you. He's the one that can make you feel better. And it's easy to come into services like these. It's easy to come in and say, well, just feed me and leave here and thinking I feel nourished, and now uh, you know I'll be fine till next Sunday. It's sad the amount of people that come in get fed, get bottle fed, leave out of this place and never pick up a Bible all week long. It's sad the number of people that confess to be Christians that have never even read this Bible. He says, by now you ought to be teachers. By now you ought to be teaching people. By now you ought to be growing up, but you're still on the milk of the Word. And it reminds me in closing, go ahead, praise team, and come up here. I want to read about Moses because I heard this pastor that I was listening to and he made a great point and I, and I really saw myself in this and I really want to switch this. He said I, I, he said, I used to see myself as Moses going up the mountain each Sunday coming down, getting a word for the congregation and dispensing it out to them. And then he said, I realized I'm not supposed to be anybody's Moses. And listen to what this passage of Scripture says. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words to the people of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments. And be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on the mount of Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around saying, take care not to go up into the mountain or to touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain, he says.
And then verse 16 says, On the morning on the third day were the thunders and the lightnings and the thick cloud on the mountain and the very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The, the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Uh, the smoke went up and in, in, a kiln, in a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down from Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and, the, and, and Moses went up. This pastor said he used to feel like that was him. See, if we were to say, let's go to the nearest mountain over here, and I want all y'all to follow me over there. And we go to the nearest mountain and all of a sudden we, the, the mountain starts quaking and all of a sudden lightning starts going and I say you you better you you can't go up so stay here and I began to walk and go into the mountain and begin to start going up into the mountain and all of you are thinking whoa and I, and I go up into the top of the mountain and I get to the top of the mountain and you're thinking man I, I, I can't wait for him to get down and to tell us what it what what, what God says I we, we want to know what God says and all of a sudden I come down the mountain and and I come down and you say, I want to know what God says. Tell us what God says. And you know what? That's the way I think a lot of preaching and a lot of pastors think. Hey, we come here, we stand at a man, and you tell us what God says. You went up onto the mountain with it. But guess what? In the New Covenant and in the New Testament, the after the Calvary, it's not that Moses is the only one that can go up to the mountain. The veil has been torn. The veil has been opened up. There is now access, the Bible says, through a new and living way by the blood. And listen, you don't wait for the preacher to go up to the mountain and get a word from God. No, you go up. Up to the mountain yourself and you hear what the word of the Lord says to you. Amen. I'm not your Moses. Daniel's not your Moses. Raymond's not your Moses. These are not your Moseses. It's time, folks. By now, you ought to be teachers. Go up to the mountain yourself. If one thing good about the shutdown is God stopped all the silliness and said, come unto me. Hey, you can't go to work. You can't go to church. You can't go anywhere. How about opening that Bible yourself and coming up the mountain? It's not scary anymore. I'm not telling you to stay down at the bottom. I'm telling you the veil has been torn. Jesus Christ has opened His flesh. He's made access for you to come boldly into the throne. I was going to preach on prayer this morning and I was going to preach out of that Scripture to come boldly before the throne. And before that throne of grace, you, you find mercy and you find grace to help you. There will come a day when there is a throne of judgment that you're going to stand before, that somebody's going to stand before. If you don't know Christ, you will meet Him. There are many thrones talked about in the Scripture, and one of them is a throne of judgment. But right now, the Bible says it's a throne of grace. Meet me at the throne of grace. The veil is open, and it's a throne where you come and ask for mercy. Mercy is something you don't deserve. It's something that you ask for even though you don't deserve to get it. And He's saying now you can come before this throne and it is opened up to you by a new and living way. And that way is not because you've been in the church so long or because you learned to pray or because you're a pastor or because you're so eloquent or because you've been a Christian for 20 years. No, the same for everybody. If you've been a Christian one day, you have the same confidence and boldness to come into that throne and it's by the blood. You can go with confidence with His blood. I'm here because of the blood of Jesus, Father. And I'm at Your throne of mercy. God, I need Your mercy. Today, I needed it the day I got saved. And guess what? I messed up the other day, God. And I need Your mercy again. And God, guess what? When I come back here tomorrow, I'm going to be asking for Your mercy again because I need it every day. Every day, Your mercies are new every morning. And God, grace follows that. And I need Your grace. I need Your grace for living. I need Your grace for continuing on. I need Your grace. And so, so God's calling this church. He's calling you 
to come to the mountaintop in the presence of God and to have your cup filled. And to deny yourself and to take up your cross and to follow Him. And to switch the button today off of selfie mode and on to the beauty and the glory and the majesty of God. And to quit putting so much on other people that can't satisfy you and get your eyes on to Him who can satisfy you. And then to be so overflowed and so aware that there is a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in me for the common good that I'm not coming in here on selfie mode and what I can get. I'm not making that call today to that person to gripe and to rail about my problems. I'm going to be a blessing to other people. What if we followed Philippians in this church? Can you imagine if we began to consider others better than ourselves, what kind of church we would become? Can you imagine? Do you care? Do you want to be that? Amen. Let's pray that we will be. Father, dear God, we want to worship you. Man, I went a long time, Lord. But we're going to take a song or so. And we're going to worship You. We're going to get off selfie mode. If people got to leave, they can leave. But we're going to worship You, God. It's not about us, it's about You. And right now, we're going to turn all of our attention towards You. And we're going to worship You for the next few moments. And we want to worship You with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our might, with all of our strength. And so, Father, right now we want to just get our focus off of us and on to You. On to You, God. On to You. And so help us to do that, Father. Help us to do that. And help us to come into Your presence now. God, I'm not going to go to my wife to have everything fulfilled in my life. I'm going to go to You. I'm not going to go to my pastor or my church. Yeah, that's wonderful. We come together. We depend on each other. There's times we come to the church. There's times we're hurting. There's times we reach out to our brothers and we, we do share our laments. We share our problems and we pray for one another. We bear one another's burden. I'm not discounting that. That is so true. We need to do that. I do that. We need to come in here and pray. We need to come in here and cry. We need to come in here and, 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 and bear one another's burdens. But Lord, there comes a time when we quit looking inward and we begin to look upward and we begin to look at You. And so Lord, and our cup is filled to overflowing. And God, I'm asking You while we worship right now that You would just, as we gaze upon Your beauty, we would recognize, God, there may be some that recognize how undone we are. And we need to just say, God, I'm undone. I'm unclean. And God, when we recognize that, You will clean our life if we'll ask. You'll come and You'll cleanse us. You'll come and You'll make us new. You'll come and You'll forgive us. You'll come and You'll make us uh, uh, people that are beautiful, God, and are changed and transformed. We'll stare upon Your beauty and we'll be changed by it, God. From image to image and glory to glory. And so Father, just, just uh, help us to, to right now to move into a time where the gaze comes off of us and our problems and on to You, God. Let us see You right now. Let us see You, God. Let us see You, God. Open the eyes, God. You open, you open, Lord, the servant's eyes one time of Elijah, and he said, let him see that there's more with us than there are against us. And, and they saw angels, God. I'm asking you to open our eyes to see you today, your beauty, high and lifted up, like Isaiah saw, that train in the temple, and got his focus off of him and on to the beauty of God. So Lord, we're going to worship you right now. And God, let it be about you right now in this moment. In Jesus' name. We're going to push the button. We're going to push the button. And we're going to switch it off of selfie mode and see you and see other people. And I believe if we'll live in a life like that, we'll find fulfillment in our lives. So help us to do that now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.